I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, the strongest sign yet, your frenemy, is about to drop the friend. Stick around. This week, I saw the strongest signals yet that Equifax is going retail. Why I believe that day we always knew would come is now not so far off in the distant future. Here I'll talk about the observations and data points that have led me to this conclusion, why my gut tells me something different than it's told me in previous years, and how their language, the words, the phrases they're using are the strongest indications I've seen that they're coming straight for the CRA market. Now, there's been no shortage of prognostications and predictions about this moment. In fact, many may look at the title of this podcast and say, well, of course they are. I knew that already. But they really haven't yet. Yes, they dabble around the edges, their M&A strategy, their data acquisition strategy, the push to collect more and more records, sign up more and more partnerships, payroll companies. It all points in that direction. And I'll start by saying this is not a Bash Equifax podcast. At no point will I disparage them. Yes, they're raising rates on the work number. Yes, they're bragging about it on their earnings calls and in their SEC filings. Yes, many of you are unhappy about it. But there's also not a ton of CRAs really doing anything about it, making different choices. There's a lot of hand-wringing and complaining, but not much action. And this doesn't have anything to do with the work number, by the way. I I coach a 10-year-old travel baseball team, and, and we tell the kids, The only way the other team will stop running is when they get scared, you're going to get them out. Equifax, just like any other supplier, just like any other large CRA, just like you inside your businesses, you're incentivized to keep running until someone stops you. And right now, no one's stopping them. They see an opportunity. I read their reports, listen to their earnings calls, watch their investor presentations. They are laser focused. I have no inside knowledge. I've not talked to anyone inside on on the thoughts I'm sharing today. So again, my purpose here is just to discuss what I see, what I think, and how I believe this insight will help you and your businesses. Before I dive in, I want to step back a bit. I've said for a couple years that their tagline, the new Equifax, we're just getting started. I've said for a while now, believe them. They are just getting started. And I come at this from a point of admiration. They're trying new things, entering new markets, innovating their product line, offering data sliced and diced in different ways. Many of the things I espouse and urge listeners of this podcast to do in their business. Yes, they have bigger budgets and marketing departments and more financial strength, but that's a chicken or the egg argument. Something tells me they didn't wait to innovate until they hit $5 billion in revenue. So what's changing my mind? What's happened in the last couple weeks? I've been thinking of this since the release of their new product, their Smart Screen Plus Talent Check, which is an incarceration record search, which in their words is, quote, the most cutting edge tool to speed up the process of doing background checks and increase the ability to hire quickly. What I'm noticing most now is their language, what they're saying, how they're saying it, and who they're saying it to. Why do I think they're coming after CRAs? Their words, phrases, terms, buzzwords, stereotypes about slow background checks, cumbersome processes, etc. I've listened to two webinars the last week or two aimed at slightly different audiences. One seemed more industry focused, the other more HR or end user focused. I'm here to tell you none of the language they're using is, is, I think, really aimed at you. It's aimed at your clients. Now, 
yes, the product can be bought and sold, as I understand it, by CRAs and, and offered to your clients as end users. And if I'm them, I'm doing this too. It certainly seems less aggressive when it's also a product you can provide for your clients. And this product's revenue from CRAs may very well be far higher than it is from end users right now. But I think that's going to change. Here's a couple other examples I heard with some opinions mixed in. This allows us to provide a consumer report that is appropriate for making hiring decisions. The first criminal background check solution that can instantly provide a consumer report, excuse me, a consumer report response. Keyword there I think is response. Because remember, this isn't even a multi-jurisdictional database only search. It's an incarceration only search. Uh, more from their webinars. Today, the criminal screening process is very involved. It involved going to outside entities. It involves going to courthouses, checking for court records, oftentimes using disparate systems, oftentimes relying on court records that may or may not have the full amount of identifying information that makes it fast and easy to put on consumer reports. And finally, simply simplify processes, not, for, not only for employers, but for employees. I paraphrased a little bit of that, but I, I think the sense you get is is uh, is conveyed. You know, all of what I just described there, many of those elements I'd consider part of a criminal records check, a comprehensive criminal records check, if such a definition exists. What isn't said is these are exactly the type of products Equifax could also sell you if you ask them to, products now available through their acquisition of Innovative, Securitech, and Apris. I stopped counting the number of times they mentioned this was an FCRA compliant search. That's not for you, $6 million Midwestern CRA. That's for end users. And it's a very reassuring phrase for those who are concerned about the accuracy and compliance of doing a search through them. Here's what I think is really impressive. With the data Equifax has, they can slice, dice, and create a number of different products. Some distinctly different, some slightly different, some first cousins of the exact same thing. They have so many different options for employment verifications. Full, limited, limited by the number of verifications, limited by the number of years of look back. It's dizzying, and it's pretty impressive. Throw in the fact that employers can buy TWN data from them directly at a different price, which may be lower than yours, but they can turn around and honestly say, well, it's a different product than what you buy. How can they do all this? Innovation. Different ways to create different options. The things that I am talking about and urging you guys to do. They're creating competency through product complexity, which can be a bit ironic, but here's why I like it. As a buyer, I'd say to myself, well, I might not need those things, but the fact they offer them seems pretty impressive. I just kind of need to buy this thing and that thing. Where do I sign? Guys, sometimes it's really that easy. I like that their language describing this product is simple. Their sentences are very clear and very concise. But they're not speaking to educated background checkers. They're speaking to your clients. Even if they invited you to the webinar or mentioned that this is available through their CRA partners, they're talking to end users. They're truly a marketing machine, and I think their approach is pretty brilliant. A couple other inter interesting lines or themes that they, that they spoke about. They use some very typical language. Background checks are slow. Candidates are, fearing, are fielding multiple offers. There's a fear element here. They say, often candidates will choose a future employer based on which background check came back first. Now, 
I promise I'm not going to spend 15 minutes on why I'm less inclined to believe a candidate will make a life decision because one CRA finished a consumer report four hours earlier or four hours later than the other. Because in 20 years, I've never seen real data that supports that. But isn't that what HR and talent acquisition and recruiters fear? We lost the candidate! No one mentions that the time to hire cycle is currently running at 42 days, according to Sherm and several other HR publications. No, success or failure rests on the very last step of the process. It's the background checkers. But aren't CRAs using those same phrases talking about their competitors? Aren't they playing off the same fears that Equifax might? The reason I think they're talking to end users because that's exactly what CRAs say. Now, it's being turned on them. Another thing that I, I, I noticed, communities around the nation rely on this data today. It's describing a different product, but that sentiment is safety is important, right? We all agree. But others use this. Why don't you? There's safety. There's the, Other people have already made their choice. It's okay. It's not a risk. You know, back to my approach, uh, back to my opinion on their approach. Another thing I think is brilliant, how a slimmed down product can be so appealing. Multi-jurisdictional product is a slimmed down product, and I'd argue it's a better and deeper one. But man, that's a mouthful to say, and if you're explaining, you're losing. A national search seems simpler to understand, but we know that isn't quite honest, and now we're talking about how a national is not really a national. Same situation. Mention a database search. Now that introduces accuracy fears. So, you know, there's a few quality products there, but we have good but not great language to describe them. But an incarceration search? Man, that hits home. Who wouldn't want to know right away that the candidate doesn't have jail time? That's the serious stuff, right? Now, I'll put on the hat of the end user. Combined with what I've already been told to be scared by, or what my CRA partner has already told me to be scared by, other background checks are slow and cumbersome and full of friction. Maybe an incarceration search is really all I need. Because after all, I don't care about those low-level misdemeanors, certainly not the non-convictions, and depending on the position, maybe not even the felonies. And if I don't care about it, I certainly don't want to wait two, four, five, seven days to get the completed report. And this is getting us closer to what my iCubed advisor's partner, Jason Morris, has felt for a long time, that the world is moving to a good enough background check. Now, I've always said, I'll change my mind when I see HR departments signing off on a good enough background check. So this will be an extremely interesting product to watch to see how it's adopted. You know, thinking about this product in a different light, sometimes you can launch a product not expecting much to come of it because it'll set you up for bigger things. And that's the foundation you can build, which gives you credibility when you roll out the next new thing, which might've been what you were shooting for anyways. Think of it this way. Equifax has the employment data. They have the criminal data. They have the education data through a partnership with the student clearinghouse. I've historically felt Equifax didn't want to be a retail CRA. 
Who wants to handle the support calls, the password resets, the, cus the custom packages, the call one more time, please, on employer number two, or the can you please call employer number, can you please call and close employer number four today, no matter what? Like, who wants those phone calls, the nitty-gritty of client support and account setup? Why not just buy all the data, sell it at huge markup, get to 50% EBITDA, and live a simpler life? Why am I starting to change my mind now? Because Equifax can. Because with technology and money and ambition and strategy, anything's possible. Because our industry is small. Equifax's revenue was like six times bigger than the largest CRA in our space. And I'm willing to bet the revenue they get from selling criminal incarceration data, work number data, you know, specifically because we're not, because the employment screening industry is not the only buyers for this stuff. Maybe not even the biggest buyers. It's, it's, it's a sizable percentage of the entire existing employment screening market, the data that they're able to sell. And the messy stuff of being a CRA I just mentioned, executing adjudication models and adverse action forms, authenticating a client in part to conform to Equifax's requirements, which is ironic, <laughs> or, or authenticating a consumer when they call. When you can solve these problems with clicks and web pages and chatbots and AIs, and when all it takes is money and IT sprints and development calendars, it becomes a lot clearer. So back to the original thought, why would Equifax want to compete with its largest partners? Well, let's look at that idea with data behind it. I, I re-examined it with this new thesis in mind. Largest CRAs in our space will do about $800 million in annual revenue when there's three of them. Throw in two to three other large CRAs and you have about 65% market share of a five to $6 billion screening market. So if we look at purely back of the napkin math on one of the large CRAs that I previously wondered, why does Equifax want to go to war with them? Well, about 25% of that revenue is third-party fees, a number I'm comfortable with given what's been previously disclosed by publicly traded companies. Okay, so let's say a CRA purchases credit, some but not all criminal data because they may have built automation on their own, and then their work number data from Equifax. Add that, you know, add the work number fees in to the credit and some criminal data. Let's just, again, back of the napkin, call it a $50 million CRA-Equifax relationship. Now, Equifax Workforce Solutions is about a $2.5 billion business. It grew 15% in 2022 with margins of about 50%. And Talent Solutions is estimated to be about a four or $500 million line of business. Equifax continues to project, depending on the product line and business unit, about double-digit growth. Growth through a combination of cross-sell and upsell opportunities, additional data acquisition, after all, more records equal more transactions, and you guessed it, from increased pricing power. At their size, this represents a couple hundred million dollars in annual growth promised to investors. That money's going to come from somewhere. And I'm starting to think a lot of it's going to come from CRAs. Why? Because that's where the money is right now. Equifax's size is close to around maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower than the current best estimates for the entire screening industry. And a $5 billion company is going to chase revenue where it is. They have to. Their investors demand it. After their second quarter earnings report, their stock still dropped 10 to 20% within a, within a day or two. They have to go get it. 
And if they can get screening revenue in addition to the revenue CRAs are already giving them in what we call third-party fees, they win. And to me, that's the beauty of marketing. That's the beauty of innovation and the approach that they're taking. I admire what they're doing with this product. Again, it's simplification at its finest. I know these presenters. I respect them. I enjoy their company. They're good on camera or up on a stage. It shows the power of innovation and thinking differently. One last quote, and I, I believe it was in response to a question. It, it shows the power of promising a better future. If, if someone, and, and, and I'll, I'll describe the conversation again, paraphrasing, if someone was found guilty of a misdemeanor and didn't spend any time within a county jail or state prison system, today we wouldn't have visibility into that. And, and, there, and there were a couple references to today, in the future, etc. At a different point, I heard uh, incarceration records are a great tie into criminal court records themselves. Looking across the data we have to we have access to, we are actively looking at other areas of records to layer into the product that we can continue to move forward, or so we can continue to move forward with the most comprehensive screen. Man, I think this is really disruptive, especially that last part, adding on to the incarceration search over time with other records that they have. So back to that word disruptive. It's one of the few times I like to use that word. Generally, I avoid it and I scoff when I hear it. Those who are truly disruptive are usually too busy doing it to tout it. And those who say it are usually embellishing it. And if you looked back 18 months later, I don't know if it's happening. You know, I can't, I can't say I've seen more than two or three truly disruptors in the last few years. Identity screening is, is at the top of the list for me. But this is disruptive. I love how they're trying to do it. I'm eagerly watching our industry to see what, how, or whether anyone else will push back. So that's the challenge I'm issuing here. What will you do? How will you compete? Because it ain't going to be by offering MVRs for a dime less. If the action taken is similar to what I've seen CRAs and platforms do lately, I kind of think Equifax is just going to keep running around the bases until somebody stops them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Background Check Radio. Please subscribe, like, comment wherever you download your content. Please say hi at PBSA in Dallas next week and be on the lookout for the conference recap coming your way in a few days. Have a great day, everyone.